0: What is the Podcaster Matrix? The Podcaster Matrix is your source for podcast media hosting. Get your entire podcast library hosted now at PodcasterMatrix.com.
1: Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the findings of a crack team of S.H.I.E.L.D. agents. This is the
2: detailed review of those chronicles. Set your life model decoy to take care of life's business for now. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast from Two Guys Talking. 1982 was a very good year. One that featured many prominent events, songs, historic undertakings, and more. What it also is, is the black and green vector graphic picture frame for this most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming. We knew the 80s were coming. We knew that they'd be filled with fun, hairspray, primary colors, and cheese. All we can say is, pass the crackers. It's time for another episode of the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast, a complete, detailed, and always educational review of each and every episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on ABC and Hulu streaming, this time Season 7, the final season. Lucky Episode 7, the totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D. Greetings, everybody. I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
0: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host. Nick,
2: some quick housekeeping. (laughs) Let's get physical. No, we're not referring to Olivia Newton-John. We're referring to a new podcast that I just put the finishing touches on over at the Pediatric Sports Medicine Podcast. You guys can learn all about resistance training with your kids. You got to keep the kids busy during the summer holiday, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, as well as the beginning of the school year. So why not use resistance training? It's talked about in detail over at Pediatric Sports Medicine Podcast. Dot com, and Dr. Mark would be glad to hear from you about all of it. The, the the detail that he gets from the guests that he has on are just remarkable. The two people that he had on are just entrancing with the detail that they talk about, as well as some really great misconceptions about resistance training in children. I urge you to go and listen to it over at pediatric PediatricSportsMedicinePodcast.com. Where's the justice? In a time of riots, protests, and all manner of... Injustice. We're not talking about anything in that regard at all. What we're talking about is the most recent episode of the My Big Fat Poll List that you and your buddies put out over at the Two Guys Talking Podcast Network webpage that I was enamored with.
0: Uh, that was some brilliance right there, dude. It was our first video <laughs> podcast. Yeah. I'm actually playing around with the idea of just ripping the audio from the video Giving it a little uh, polish yeah. and uh, putting it up as a actual podcast. Yeah. Because, you know, all the major stars who have podcasts do it. Why can't I? Sure, sure. The concept was there are so many characters in the DC Universe that have been a part of the Justice League. We took the challenge of trying to create a team consisting of people who have never... Been Justice League members Mm -hmm. at all, right? And then pitch the idea for that comic book miniseries or ongoing, and it turned out it turned out very well. A lot, Uh, a little bit of overlap where characters were concerned, because again, you know, there's only like maybe. Twelve characters in sure. the DC universe that haven't been <laughs> a member of the Justice League, well, and that don't suck, and that don't well, right, right, because you don't want to use sucky characters
1: either,
2: right, right. Anyway, I I I really enjoyed it because it was super inventive. the the, the combinations that you guys came up with and the the titlings of mm. the groupings I thought was extraordinarily inventive. I urge all of you to go check that out over at mybigfatpollist We'll have links in the show notes to both of these great podcasts. And I urge all of you to go and check out these two great podcasts. All right, Nick, enough of the housekeeping. It's time to spring boldly into this lucky episode. Season 7, the final season. Episode 7, the totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D.
3: Sponsored by Acoustica's Mixed Craft Recording Software, Blogger's Bug, and the St. Charles Office Center. 1982
2: was a very good year. No, it was not. 1982 is not a good Mike Wilkerson year at all. My mom was in flux having been fired from a very prominent job that she was in, and we were fleeing to the outskirts of Nashville, Tennessee to live with my uncle, who is a good dude and was a good dude back then for taking us in, but, man, I hated me some school in Tennessee because I didn't know anybody. I'm twelve awkward years old. It was not fun. So 1982 was a memorable year, but it was not a good year for me. the The front end of this episode is loaded
0: with appropriate feeling. Oh, so I don't get to talk about my 1982? Oh, no, it's okay. Never mind. No, sure. Go ahead. No, no. Well, we know who's in were charge. Were you alive of... yet? Uh, yeah.
2: Oh, good. Yeah.
0: Were you three? I was.
2: <laughs> of course you were. I
0: was three years old. Enjoying my life as a three-year-old.
2: Yay for three-year-old 1982. Kick That's ass. right. So, how old were you when Goonies came out, or did you see Goonies as a rerun on a VHS tape?
0: Not a rerun on a V, but probably on a VHS tape when it was released on VHS. I'm pretty sure I rented that film as soon as it came out. Same thing with Back to the Future. Mm. At five six years old i was in the video store renting shit more than my mother was
2: (laughs) that's awesome that's great
0: they knew me and that's why you're on the show because you have so much
2: detailed knowledge from all the many years spent watching movies damn straight i am what is a dot matrix printer (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is not the talking tech moment. Just so that you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, it could be a hey, I, classic talking tech moment. A retro cla- talking tech yeah. moment. Uh,
2: this is extraordinary. I, 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 again, I, I revel in most of what I see here because it was all fresh and new and awesome back then. And I know that for many of the people that are watching it now, they have no idea what they're looking at. They don't understand the sounds that they hear. They don't understand the piece of paper, except that the piece of paper is yielding some of the chicken scratch that Colson was writing years ago, mm-hmm. and that's it. They don't have a context of what that actually thinks is. It
0: reminded me of grade school.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That are like a, like a moving store, <laughs> mm. because they may be one of the only few outfits that still, to this day, use a dot matrix printer. Oddly enough, I'm associated with a company regularly that deals with selling people dot matrix printers so they're still being used Hmm. there's still a call and clamor for them so if you think that they've gone the way of the dodo you are absolutely wrong they are a viable market they're not terribly expensive but they still have a high price tag mostly because uh, when they're manufactured nowadays they're made to last forever yeah all they do is they sent and print dots that's it that's all that they do that's all that they ever do Another grand title card. Perfect. Little bit of war games. Little bit of, little bit of kitsch.
0: Total, total 80s. Loved it. Total 80s. Actually, this I, entire episode could have just been called Totally 80s. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah. Except that they'd have been sued because of the Totally 80s records that well, were sold. True. All of which Nick and I can both approximate perfectly, but we won't.
0: For fear of loss. But how do we not know that the mouse doesn't own those two?
2: Ah, true. I- he probably <laughs> owns them all. Deke and Mac dig deep. Deke goes for game plan. Mac bails. Just when you thought it was all going to be kitchen, haha, and here's some cheese, would you like some crackers? Not so much. Mm-hmm. And I love this. I love that they have given at least three or four moments inside this episode where Deke could be completely taken as the, the fraud idiot charlatan get over on everybody guy, you know, the, the, the pseudo Willy Wonka of the eighties and they don't, they're able to reel him back in and give him moments like this again, three, four, maybe five times in the episode where he's reeled back in for real commentary with Mac, and I appreciated every one of them.
0: Yeah, this is a great role reversal for the two of them.
2: Oh, well said. Throughout the
0: entire episode, even, even there towards the end as well. And it's here where we come back from our discussion from the previous episode with a broken Mac. We get to see just how broken Mac is throughout this episode, and it starts right here to where, oh, oh, they... They're gone. Oh well, I don't care. And drives off. And it just you you you're still you still feel bad for the big chocolate man, and and damn it, you want him to be back to his old self. But you know, the idea he didn't lose his parents. In his timeline, his parents are probably were probably still alive because yo-yo they have that conversation. Yo-yo hadn't I mean, met parents. his parents well, yet. Mm-hmm. So He probably had a great life with his parents, but now knowing that in this reality that he's existing in, that's all gone.
2: Yeah, and that's a very interesting tack that I I didn't include in the show notes, so this is probably a great place to put that. Something that we may have accidentally touched on in the previous episode was, again, we know that this is a skewed Mm version of reality i.e. it's not the one that mac knew the parents that mac grew up with mac growing up at all right they what happened here had no impact on any of that so he he still has them as you said if there was a way back he could potentially have them but the focus on what happens to this mac and mac's brother and the life that will now be forever altered instantly translates back to mac's decision making So for those of you that are thinking, well, doesn't Mac know that there are seven more episodes left? No, (laughs) he doesn't know that there's seven more episodes left. More importantly, this, again, dumps the fact on all of us that they have given Mac more feelings than just, look, it's the giant chocolate man with a wrench in his hand. Mm -hmm. And I so appreciate that. And you and I have talked about it immemorial inside this show now. But I, I so appreciate what they have done and continue to do with Mac because... Not only is he real, not only is he human, he's fallible. he He's not he's not a, a a gauntleted, impervious man. He's absolutely fallible. and I love that they bother to show it here.
0: And that is the thing that I appreciate about Marvel in general. Marvel, Marvel Comics, said, where their characters are concerned, it hasn't been about the superpowers. It's always about the character underneath the superpowers. Mm the superpowers are just something that they have to deal with or overcome or accept in their life. Yeah. It's the individual, it's the character. This show and this scene are no exception.
2: Yeah. The the, the overcoming, what you're talking about is the eventual overcoming of that fallibility or the the errant moments or mm-hmm. the the bad luck or the yeah. things that just didn't shake out right and then the ability to build story and then overcome those things. We all know it's in there. Uh, again, anybody that would bitch and say, "Oh, doesn't he understand? It's Episode 7 of 13." Well, yeah, we get it. But it's great to see it. And they don't just assume that everything is going to be just fine. And and I love seeing and, and allowing the character to breathe that that I'm I'm totally fallible. The giant chocolate man at the graves. He did it again. <laughs> he did it again. Way to make Mike blubber by saying absolutely nothing, just staring at the graves.
0: How many boxes of tissue have you gone through during I'm this telling season?
2: Yeah, in, in the intro today, I almost put in all we need is a uh, all we uh, for for all the cheese inside this episode. All we need is crackers, and then I thought to myself, all we need is crackers and a big old box of freaking tissues. Because, my God, he did it again. Yeah. He did it again here. When we get into a couple other scenes later on, I'm like, "What, what, what, what is going on in this show? <laughs> this isn't Mary Hartman, man. This is Marvel. So, I, again, I love it. I love the roller coaster. Henry Simmons, you know, what What, what do we say here? It's it's just, it's tremendous. What we can say about this scene, though, is that apparently his parents were taken six freaking years ago. Yep. Amazing. It happened six
0: years ago, but for him, it was only six hours. Ago. Yeah,
2: yeah, or whatever it was right. Yeah, and I love that too. There are underpinnings inside this episode, also all kinds of deeply seated, hardcore rooted Terminator laden kickassery inside of this. Everything from the the angle of when you when you see Max Uncle's house and car. Mm-hmm. To all kinds of other things. And we're going to talk about a few of them inside the show notes that I have. But there's all kinds of winks, nudges, sounds, and illusionary to original Terminator in particular that we're going to talk a, a, a giant mess about. But this was the very first start of that where you're at the grave and now you're considering the future past death. Mm. All of the future past death stuff that instantly spills into Terminatorville because you got time travel. Voice Synthesis in Prelude to Something More. Some of you may remember this. I had a game system called the Intellivision. You've probably seen it in magazines and on
0: the intertubes. I've seen them advertised in old comic books. Okay,
2: yeah. Oh, good.
0: Yeah, that's right. <laughs> anyway, old Old comic super books.
2: Super old comic books. Well, after the original Intellivision, there was the Intellivision 2.
0: Because uh, you gotta have a sequel.
2: It was smaller, white, and then it had an additional module that you could buy called the voice synthesis module. And the very first game that came out was something called B17. We'll put in a we'll put a link in the show notes to B17 B17 Bomber the name of the game. Anyway, it was so awesome, and you'll understand after you hear it why it was so awesome. Well, they did a great job of approximating the lower voice of the robot talkie and then he he jiggers with the wires and things get higher higher pitched and then they bring in her voice and they they, they, they change it What I would have really loved if they'd have just gotten some... Some voice synthesis thing from back in the '80s to be the voice of Sybil, mm. and didn't make it just kind of a a cued out special effects eyes her voice thing. Yeah, um, but it was all tremendous. The banter back and forth from the printer to the screen, where the screen is asking her questions, very much in a Neo from the Matrix moment. Would you like to help me, or whatever the screen say? Y slash N question mark. I loved all that. It, it it almost felt like they were building a movie inside of our 43 minute interlude in this episode, and I loved every second of all of
0: that. This episode is filled with subtle and not so subtle nods to 80s films. You've already talked about Terminatorville yet mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. This one here reminded me of War Games.
2: War Games, absolutely. Well, and the, the title card really Would is Would You War Like
0: Games. to Play a Game? Yeah. And. We will continue the 80s homages as we go through this episode.
2: If we can remember them all, and that's actually our first call to the audience inside this episode. If there's something that we miss in here, I'm certain there's going to be. There was so much stuff going on inside this episode. This was like the nightmare episode to try and take show notes for. Because I'm like, oh my God, I can't type with my fingers fast enough and I don't have enough time to pause the window because I got to record the podcast. Oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. So, if we missed something, let us know. Go over to our website over at agentsofshield.tv, fill out the web form, and tell us what we missed. I had contemplated Mac aging into... Germeral from Nick, please. Oh, thank you. Get any guesses? Any cool guesses? Uh, no. Okay. During last week's end of the episode...
0: Previously, on Agents of <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: Yeah. <laughs> When, that, when the end of the last episode was going on, I thought for sure we'd end up with old ancient Mac in a chair, all withered and old, and then, like, at the end of the season, I'm talking, like, that's how Mac ends. Right. Because we're halfway through, and they would just skew into another direction, because why not? It's time travel. Why not? And so I thought, perhaps, they would pull the magic card and have Mac... Eventually, become Lou freaking Gossett Jr. Chappy. He was recently in some other show that I was watching. Watchman. Watchman, that's it. On
0: HBO, yeah.
2: Yeah. And uh, I'm telling you, can you imagine that where things happen and we get to I maybe could the see Lou Gossett Jr. The playing
0: and, an elderly Mac? Dude,
2: you want to sell 80s to me? Sell me 80s with Lou Gossett Jr
0: but we can't get there until the future we got to get to the future and I that'll know. be the interesting thing are we going to bypass present day once they finally get to it and go to the future yeah i, mean, you, I, I who I'm, knows
2: again i'm super curious to see where they're going to take us but i'm even more super curious man i'm telling you that would have been like that would have been the valhalla grab of storytelling where they just they, they just make it where he's he's now been here for 35 years or whatever the number is right to make it look like oh my god it's Lou Gossett. and for those that haven't seen Lou Gossett in that show
0: withered yeah he's he's aged yeah and uh long gone and, are the days of him being in films like iron eagle, iron eagle <laughs> right? and the principal yeah and uh Ooh, one of my favorites, Firewalkers with Chuck Norris. Yes, yes, yes. That's one of my favorite. That actually that, is a good one. Yeah, that's one of my favorite roles
2: That's great. And he has so many. He, he does. He, he's so colloquial in the, in the feature films that he has.
0: Enemy Mine, oh, where Enemy he's can Mine. where he's completely in makeup, alien Enemy, makeup.
2: Enemy Mine would make a, f- a phenomenal perspective review. That's something mm. we should definitely get on the books. There you go. Because uh, uh, that that is such a phenomenal movie, especially from the perspective of a professional interpreter. I love that movie because of interpreting inside of it. It's, it's tremendous. Anyway, uh, Lou Gossett Jr. Man, I swear that that would have just been the catch. (laughs) Sybil's 83 visage. Dude, dude, (laughs) this is just so perfect. Rather than doing some CGI goonery that kind of looks like an 80s robot how about we just make an 80s robot? And there it freaking is, right in front of all of us, right there inside of the screen.
0: There are two nods right there in, in that robot. <laughs> there's,
2: there's, there's, Go ahead. Go ahead, because there's more than two. There's all kinds of robots. There are there. two blatant ones. Yeah.
0: Or at least to fans of things from the 80s. Yes. So the head, the shape of the head of the robot body, and the, the red visor-esque light. The red visor-esque light, a definite nod to Knight Rider, because that's exactly what Kit, the Kit had the red the right. little red visor and, thing, and it went yeah, And
2: the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. Cylons
0: from Battlestar the, Galactica. The actual
2: sound is the sound from Battlestar Galactica. Right.
0: But the head design, mm-hmm. and this was the thing that I loved about the episode, the head design is almost the exact same head design ...of the robots in the film Chopping Mall. Which, if you remember, (laughs) going back several seasons when we learn about Mac and his hatred of robots, he specifically mentions the film Chopping Mall. Wow. And the fact that there are multiple killer robots (laughs) and that it does get bloody... It it almost felt like like they were they were like okay so we laid the seeds seasons ago we're finally going to do our it it's finally we're finally going to do Chopping <laughs> Mall on Agents of Shield <laughs> yeah. and I absolutely loved
2: it. Yeah, it, it it was phenomenal. The other giant nod inside of 80s movie dumb in regard to robots is Johnny number 5 from
0: which short the, circuit. which there is a mention they, he Mac yells out, "Hey short circuit," which I'm like Okay, little on the nose, I think it would have been better had he called him, hey Johnny Five. Yeah. Because that's a little bit more obscure. Yeah. But if you're a real eighties kid and if you loved eighties films, you know who Johnny Five
2: is. Yeah. I, I again it was all tremendous the instant I see what Chubbo Tech Guy is building. It's just it's so cool. It's so cool. The hands, so cool. Yes. Again, that it's practical and it's kind of doing all the the, the jiggering that, yeah. that the old crappy robots did back then was just tremendous. They so went out of their way to make it, to sell it, and it totally sold. And just that's the great thing about the 80s awesome. films,
0: both, both regular movies and horror movies. Yeah. CGI didn't exist. Yeah. You had to do yeah. things practically.
2: Yeah.
0: Deke has resumed
2: business as usual. <laughs> this is great. It, it wouldn't have been good enough if he'd have figured out a way to find the the 1982 version of Gray Sports Almanac and go live in a in a Trump like tower. Instead, let's make him a karaoke hero, <laughs> and it's brilliant. This whole thing is so brilliant, and it's it, it's so it allows you to be immersed in the land of 80s rock like like towards the ass end of a bad rat video. <laughs> 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 it, 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 it's, it's so wonderful that I don't have the words. I don't have the words that, that Deke has borrowed all of these hallmark songs that have nothing to do with him at all or this time. And he's rope-a-doped all this stuff. And now it's his,
0: the, him getting back to business
2: as usual because he has to, I don't think he can help himself.
0: And that's the one thing that, if, if I had to say that there was a speed bump in this episode, the only thing that I, I sat there thinking about is, how, how is Mac Payne for this house when all he's doing, and, and all that beer he's been drinking, when all, he's, all we've seen him do is drink beer, do model kits, and sleep in front of a television, and let the beard grow, which I have to say must be a magical beard. Because even though the beard got longer, it didn't get unkempt.
2: Yeah, yeah, it was perfectly groomed. So, so
0: <laughs> even though he didn't want to shave, no, he kept and on and no head trimming.
2: Hair. Yeah, well, he shaved his head. Hopefully, well, we you don't way, know. The only would have been better be bald. The only way that would have been better if he had then had like like the Jefferson's hair. <laughs> with uh, with big, the uh, hair l- growing l- l- on l- the sides. Oh, okay. Uh, I, you know, and I. I I thought we were going to get Fat Mac for a little bit, like we got Fat Thor inside of right. Endgame. And they didn't quite take us that far.
0: And so I was... But again, Endgame, that was five years later, and this right. is only a handful of months. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the thing, though, is is that it makes perfect sense that Deke would go the route that he did. Now, of course, it's in the best of intentions. Because it's not to plagiarize the past right? to cash in on his future... It's the the ulterior motive of we can be Shield, but we're a roving band of minstrels fighting the good fight.
2: And, and I mean that that's where it gets even better here. Where I, we'll, we'll roll it into this bullet point because it's easy. <laughs> He's building the covert Shield team inside of his karaoke band. <laughs> I mean it's just it's brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant, and it it's so much fun. I I, I could not stop smiling during this entire scene where we see deke and we see deke's logo and we see deke's attitude and he just he lives for the music and i i just i loved every bit of it, it he great. lives
0: for the music but he all he lives for the band but the whole aspect of starting a branch of shield there <laughs> in the now i don't know man not even you can't call it a man cave it's more of a well
2: oh, it's a thunder cave <laughs>
0: Because it's all it's all decked out in in spinny lights and yeah. and jacuzzis and things the, the, like disco that. ball and the right rest of but it, yeah what have you done to the lighthouse Deke? Yeah,
2: it, it was tremendous. It was just really well done. The Deke Squad. I, I, it's like, how could this possibly get better? Let's insert three words real quick. The Deke Squad. That's how it can get better real quick. And then as, they, as he starts roping through all of the people that are playing instruments, and then details who they are and what they do, there I can remember several video games back in, I think it was the late eighties. Ironically, that you would be you'd you'd essentially circle the room, and you'd get the whole what somebody's working on a station, and then they look over dramatically over their shoulder, and their eyes go left and right, and then they would go and this is Maxine, and Maxine is the blah 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 right girl. yeah. And it was perfect. It was absolutely perfect, except that every single one of them are all housed inside of this goofy band.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, it was it was great. I loved it. It was for me. It was one part a team because you have people, individuals that all have their their set skills. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has a specialty. That's why they're part of the team. Oh yeah, and cricket because you need a cricket. You need the drummer. Everybody's thirsty. You got to have have a drummer. You got to have Coke, (laughs) which I think was probably the funniest joke in the episode that Deke still didn't know what cocaine was (laughs) and just assumed that it was short for Coca Cola. That was funny because it it does show you how, how naive and innocent Deke still kind of is from being from an alternate future. When we saw him in present day, he he built a startup, but he, it was all built off of sh- stolen shield tech. So again, you're like, well, he's not really doing anything with his life. He's he, he's plagiarizing he's again. He's profiteering. There it. you go, profiteering. Yeah. Here again, it's you still really don't understand the world in which you're in, do you? <laughs> right. Which which is it's it's an endearing quality for Deke because it makes the comedy that comes from him not ridiculous and. Beats you over the head all the time.
2: L. M. colson Headroom.
0: (laughs) If you didn't think we could get any more '80s.
2: Oh man, this is absolutely spectacular. I remember the first time that I I I experienced Max Headroom, and I loved it because it was just when video cameras were getting where you could have them on your shoulder. Mm -hmm. Nobody could afford them, but you could (laughs) put them on your shoulder. You get them from the AV room in high school. Mm And you could go and make your own movies, and all you had to do was make sure that the camera was back inside the AV room before the monitor slash teacher slash whoever the hell was uh, monitoring the room, whatever, came back in, either if it was on the weekend before Monday morning, or if it was during the week, then you just had to make sure it was there before 9.30 in the morning when they got there. And you could kind of do whatever you want with the camera, as long as you didn't break it. And it, it was brilliant, it was. It's where everybody can have their own perspective. It was. It's essentially the first, the the first ability where everybody now inside your pocket, or maybe you're even listening to our program on it, you have a computer that's immensely more powerful than anything we had even back then, but you have an absolute remote tether to capture video, to capture sound, and then give it to somebody else. Now back then it was onto a VHS tape. Mm-hmm. If you didn't have a VHS player a deck then you didn't get to see anything you can't hold it up to your face you can't stick it up to your ear and push a button and hear it you, you couldn't do any of that and, and and so this this wink and nod back to Max Headroom uh, in this and that it is Coulson while it's preposterous oh yeah that we could take LM Coulson and shove all the data that's, that is him into some hard drive from 1982 is ridiculous I mean it it, it it's not something that we can do, but you're able to let yourself accommodate it inside the episode because it's there, mm-hmm. and I appreciated that with everything that we got inside the episode like that.
0: And not to mention the fact, Max Headroom was a very short. It, it lasted a season. Mm-hmm. When well, it,
2: it was deep. For those of you that haven't seen the show, you need to go back and watch it because it was dealing with things I don't think that really got dealt with until maybe into the mid '90s. Mm. And uh, there's a lot of people that say that's probably why it failed because it, it it wanted to take the route that dark angel took mm-hmm. where there's that kind of futuresque not quite post apocalyptic but dark and the audience wasn't there
0: yeah yeah
2: but it was tremendous for anybody that had any interest in it it was my and first
0: exposure to matt Frewer.
2: yeah 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 and it, he uh, his his legacy is cemented oh, forever yeah. Yeah. In, inside of that if it wasn't cemented from that then it was the appearance inside of back to the future if it wasn't cemented in that then it's everywhere else that max headroom ever appeared because it's an instant nod to this period of time and i uh, that they that they picked LM colson to shove him in the tv the whole episode it was just brilliant it's brilliant thinking killer robots from the past killer all i got is that man that's killer that's awesome if it wasn't cool enough to just make robots out of thin air out of nothing and a recipe that you get from a a dot matrix printer but here we got to make them killer robots okay and you you glide right along with it there is nothing here that's shown that you don't just go "Mm mm-hmm Yes, may I have some more, please? Here are my crackers. Here's my massive box of tissues. I'm ready for all of
0: it. There's no reason for you to question it because Sybil, being a high-tech alien robot being, Entity. is is yeah. using 1982, 1983 technology, and she knows how to do it because she's a freaking alien. Yeah. So, of course, she's going to make it work. Yeah. You just sit back and and just go with the ride. It's the same thing with L. M. Colson Headroom, sure. I don't for a second believe that that just shoving the matrix of his consciousness into a VHS player <laughs> connected to an old tube tele. Well, back then, you know, pre- pretty high tech actually, tube television. But still, I don't believe it. Right. But because it's Agents of Shield and everything else is so wacky. It just makes sense, so you go yeah. with it.
2: Yeah, and, and that this is episode seven, and that obviously they've been painting the path mm-hmm. this this whole time. You're instantly able to accommodate it. That and I th- again, there's well, think e- about it. E- well, hold on, e- even for people that are not children of the '80s, there's something about the '80s that everybody gravitates towards. That I don't think anybody can really instantly put their finger on it's it's something different for everybody mm-hmm. yeah but it is one that people love to put their finger on there's something about the 80s that everybody can go and find something
0: that's why the 80s keeps on getting revisited so right often.
2: right oh absolutely and it's why the music in particular inside this episode is such a staple
0: mm-hmm.
2: it, 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 it never disappears i don't i don't think there's a day in my adult life where i don't hear something that is a piece of music from somewhere in the 80s whether it's somebody that's a new artist that's grabbing something inside of a sample and sampling it inside of a song, or they're just outright redoing the song. Mm-hmm. There's always something from the 80s that's made more viable, more productive, more unlinear, because it's, it has nothing to do with time anymore. There's something that transports the mind with the music of that age in any other age anywhere.
0: It, it, it instantly works. Well, and then if you if you look back at the season as a whole, going forward, we start off in the '30s, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and things get more and more out there and outrageous as we move forward, until now here, episode seven, we're in the '80s, the most probably when you think of it, the most ridiculous decade of the last century. Yeah, and of course the episode representing the '80s is going to be balls to the wall ridiculous, Ridiculous. yet still with that undertone of seriousness because we don't let up on the actual storytelling and the storytelling revolving around the characters.
2: Yeah, and really what this, again, spawns from is the killer robots from the past. Ha, that's killer. Chubby tech guy getting his from the killer robots in the front of this is just so
0: brutal too it is so brutal it made the it made the horror geek in me just go yes and it's not the first it's
2: not the it's not the last time either yeah i know and it's tremendous it's another piece of of perfect episode making the danger room gauntlet how cool is this
0: Well, not as cool as the danger room from the X-Men, but...
2: Pretty damn close, though. And you you know what? This whole scene, in fact, I think from here into the rest of the episode, what I loved about this is that even though they're shooting on probably 4K equipment, they're probably shooting with lenses that are awesome. They're shooting with all kinds of HD, blah, whatever. Every single scene was shot as though it was being shot... With something from the eighties. Hmm. You'll when you go back and you'll look, you'll note that all everything that's happening inside the screen, nothing is happening on the extremes of the sixteen by nines anywhere. Yeah. Everything is all encapsulated in kind of this block in the center. Brilliant. It's so stupid simple, but it instantly transports you from what is now into what was back then through the whole episode. Hmm. And again, I, th- th- there's so many hallmarks here from a number of different movies that I know I, I, I can't list them all, but th- just that they bothered to take the room to do that, especially from this, this danger room gauntlet thing where Deke is going to show off the new talent that he's been honing to craft into a new shield team. All that here is exactly what that is inside of that faux danger room moment. I thought it was great. The NASA-style jumpsuits. Uh, Again, over-the-head kudos to the production designers of this program. Because they went and they looked, and whether it's something out of S.H.I.E.L.D. in the comics, which I don't think it was, this is like the one-to-one Krista McAuliffe outfit, the the jumper, Mm -hmm. from the NASA astronauts. Except that it's got a S.H.I.E.L.D. logo on it. But I'm telling you, the patches, the name patches, exactly the same. The color, different. But, like, the style, it's exactly the
0: same. Well, one would think that they would have to improvise because they're not a sanctioned S.H.I.E.L.D. team. You know, nobody knows that they're actually using the Lighthouse. The Lighthouse is supposed to be shut down. So, Deke probably... Using, m- using some of the, the money that I'm sure that he made with the Deke squad, uh, probably bought those jumpsuits and then patched on shield stuff that, that was laying around so that they could have a cooler, hipper look to match the decade that they were in.
2: Now, it, it's tremendous, and again, what I love about stuff like this is that I'm going to be able to go back and watch this episode again. I'm going to need to, frankly, mm. because I know that I have missed stuff just because I was feverishly taking notes during it, and just just a wow on the jumpsuit here. Then, robot horror movie ensues. <laughs> I, it doesn't get more perfect than look at this this literal screenshot ripped out of an 80s horror film where it's two teenagers on a bed macking. Gee, what could go wrong? The girl that they got with with, uh, Cokehead, what is Cokehead's name? I forgot Cokehead's name. Cricket. Cricket, thank you. The groupie that is with Cricket is a stamp person out of the 1980s. Perfect hair, dimples, ultra cute, ready for action, in bed with the drummer.
0: Gonna die.
2: (laughs) And it's 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 so suited that almost instantaneously after the the creepy moment where the music even starts to cook in uh-huh. that old sanctioned eighties horrorness, it, it, it's it's all just it, it's so perfectly done. Uh, Cricket gets killed, and it is just it's immaculate. The only thing more immaculate is when the groupie dies. Oh yes, the groupie getting it. I I, I don't know how much blood they spilled on the floor. When they spilled a shit ton of blood on the floor,
0: and it's totally fine that it happens it's off screen. It's perfect.
2: Yeah, it's perfect. This this cauldron of blood comes up from stage right, and it's just it's so perfect. Oh, and then the the across the oh, wall. Oh yeah, it's it it's it was just perfect. It was absolutely perfect, ripped from an eighties horror film outright. Oh, and then the uh, the arrival of in the fog with light behind it so that the light is kind of cascading through as the robot turns and he's got the kind of metal middle finger as the corkscrew giving it to the giving it to the camera i
0: i, I it was
2: awesome it was absolutely awesome 80s cheese action in addition to using the filming style of what was going on inside the 80s the other thing that they did was You'll note that all of that kick ass action fighting choreography that you and I talk about inside this show. there's none of that going on inside this episode at all. Oh no. Zero. <laughs> it's like sage old before Chucky Norris stuff. And it's it's perfect. It's 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 Matthew Broderick inside of War Games karate chopping people. It's 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 super cheese. And it's so well placed inside this episode sybil and her laser <laughs> again i cackle because it's so much fun
0: and I, it doesn't seem to do a whole hell of a lot of damage either. no
2: except going pew pew <laughs> <laughs> it's about it it doesn't do anything uh, eventually one of them hits oh Deke no and, oh, it singed my favorite shirt yeah, oh darn my, yeah my my jumper i guess i'm gonna have to get another one anyway that that was again brilliant it's the the roving red ro- red-eyed robot Shooting the laser was perfect.
0: Uh, Something straight out of Chopping Mall, baby.
2: (laughs) Original Connor nods. From the thudding Terminator coming around the corner in the foggy, backlit tones. (laughs) To the single... There's like a single piano series of notes that they're playing. The first time it happens is with Mac earlier in the episode when he's playing with a model or something. It's just, it's harkening back to his childhood. But underneath there, there are several tones of that original Terminator piano music. Then later inside of this, it just gets bathed in it as the, the robots are striking out left and right. And there's all kinds of cool homage music to absolute Sarah Connordom. Super well done. New blood with six episodes to go. So how tremendous is that? They don't all get killed by the killer robots. Nobody,
0: I, nobody useful gets killed by the killer robots. <laughs> yeah, only only the drug dealer gets killed. Right. I mean, the guy or, that I'm nobody. Sorry,
2: the guy that drinks soda pop.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, he had a full time job as a coke dealer. <laughs> and a drummer. Let us not forget. It is it is hard to find a good drummer.
2: And a lover.
0: I I don't know where this group is going to go from here. I'm assuming that when episode eight starts, we're still going to be in 1983. So we may get more of the Deke squad. All right. Sure. The thing to think about though, with only six episodes left is there's this whole subplot of Deke being debriefed about what happened in the lighthouse and he's being debriefed by May, who, who ain't having any of this. She ain't having any of the silliness. My question is, is that with six episodes left, are we going to learn exactly what happened to the Zephyrlorian for it to leave suddenly after only being in 1982 for five minutes? But then how did they get back? Yeah, I'm. No,
2: I'm gonna, that's I'm, that's a big I'm, question. To I'm going to pile on a little bit there, and it's something I actually left out of the show notes, but I remember I wanted me wanting to type it, and I think it was right as the killer robots were murdering, and so I wanted to pay attention to the screen. But what I remember wanting to type was this: is what if we never got the debrief stuff in the front end of this episode? What if the debrief just starts at the end of the episode where it's supposed to be? Yeah, I almost wish that's what we would have gotten.
0: Uh, true, I wish that, but. It is very '80s action movie yeah. style, yeah. to where your your quote unquote hero has to tell the impossible story yeah. to a superior. Where it all started or, back, and right? Then,
2: yeah, blah.
0: Yeah, tell I mean, me I how agree. this how this shit show happened, Johnson. Yeah. Well. well
2: yeah. Yeah, we're yeah. on the same page. We're so, same
0: so page. I mean, I get it. Had this had this episode taken place in any other decade, I wouldn't have been okay with the debrief stuff being peppered through. But since it's the '80s. I'm okay with it. Sybil evolves.
2: This is once again just magnificent. I don't know what else to call Sybil headroom it. now. It's Sybil yeah. yeah.
0: headroom, and she's got herself a new partner. Yeah. Nathaniel frickin' Malik. So now we know, didn't die after his, his bones. My bones, my bones
2: <laughs> are breaking.
0: He got better.
2: Yeah. And I, and I can't wait to see where it takes us, because if, if you thought Nathaniel Malik was delicious back then when his bones were breaking, oh, let's add a little bit of Sybil to the recipe and see what happens. Huh? More and Glory music. It, it, it's, it's just brilliant. It's brilliant. And everything that we've said every time that we have this is that it could have just been... The yank out the the outro music from the last six years of this yeah, show, yeah. and they tuck it in there, and then you go on to your next Hulu show. Nope, mm. and it's so appreciated. It 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 takes effort. There's no doubt. Yeah, but all of the effort that they do to just put the tiny little bits of polish like this instantly make this show even that much more palatable and a snack that I want to take the crackers and the cheese and shove it all in my mouth.
0: It's something that shows if you're if you bother to pay attention to it like we have it's something that shows the audience that the creators of this show the people who work on this show the people who have cared about this for the last seven seasons we're not phoning it in even though we know this is the end every single second is us saying thank you for watching
2: Ma'am, we've talked about so much, but we got to take a break here during the Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. podcast. Our focus on season seven, the final season, lucky number seven, the totally excellent adventures of Mac and the D. We'll be right back.
1: Thought about a career in voiceover? Need a great, cost effective on hold message for your organization or business? Don't know where to start? Check out
0: The Voice Farm, your one-stop shop for voiceover needs. Check it out now by accessing The Voice Farm at voicefarmers.com and see what difference can be made with a company that is truly outside the box. From The Voice Box, voicefarmers.com. That's voicefarmers.com.
2: For most, Friday the 13th means Jason, Jason. What a lot of people don't know, however, is that there was another Friday the 13th, the television series. Join your podcast hosts, Mike and Nick, as they review the search for Cursed Antique Goods during a perspective review of Friday the 13th, the series. It's the Curious Goods Podcast. Check it out now at CuriousGoodsPodcast.com. That's CuriousGoodsPodcast.com.
3: Wouldn't it be cool if your advertising could last forever? It can, with perpetual advertising. Here's how it works. Magazine, radio, and television ads are efforts that people might see or hear once, and then they're lost forever. Perpetual advertising provides you with the chance for repeat exposure and replayability weeks months even years after it's originally inserted inside a podcast so even after your advertising is included in a podcast years ago those efforts are still impactful providing you with true return on investment real impact thanks to perpetual advertising are you ready to change the way you and your company or organization advertises Find out more and launch a unique perpetual advertising effort right now by visiting twoguystalking.com forward slash sponsors.
2: everyone welcome back to the agents of shield podcast a complete detailed and always educational review of each and every episode of marvel's agents of shield on abc and hulu streaming this time season seven the final season episode seven the lucky episode the totally excellent adventures of mac and the d every time we come back from break nick and i open up and show you our shield dossiers Our S.H.I.E.L.D. dossiers is where Nick and I find either an actress portrayal, a piece of storytelling inside the episode, or something else that was an element that tripped our collective review night. Fantastic. Nick, what do you got?
0: It's listed in the show notes. We talked about it. It was a talking point. I got to talk about it again. L.M. Coulson Headroom. In an episode where there are ridiculous things, the most ridiculous of them is lm colson headroom but he works in seamlessly there are times where you forget that he's a head on a screen (laughs) on a television with black and green bars being rolled around (laughs) because again the magic that comes from anything that clark Gregg does with this character yes
2: I, I, I want to know how many. If he
0: was a ghost, yeah, I want to know. And what... translucent, like you know, like a forced <laughs> ghost, and went Ooh, every now and then just because you, it's funny, it would still be magical. Yeah, because it's Clark Gregg playing Colson.
2: Yeah, I, I think that that's tremendous. I, I, I again, anything that's inferring back to Max Headroom can only get cooler when you insert more Colson. And of the people in the cast, I mean, he he absolutely fits the mold.
0: I think the cool the, the I think one step cooler if you could have gotten Matt Frewer to play the geeky computer guy at the beginning of the episode oh, yeah. that gets killed. Yeah, just so that you can have that joke later that on. That would be a good nudge. That too, yeah. would have been oh, hell. He didn't even have Matt, to play the, the... Matt, Matt Frewer and Lou Gussi Jr. Boom, <laughs> solid freaking gold. <laughs> Actually, Matt Frewer. <laughs> He's now aged Deke. There you go.
1: Oh, so there Matt Brewer,
0: go. Lou Gossett Jr., they are the aged, aged. Deke and Mac. Aged of S.H.I.E.L.D.
2: Ah. <laughs> oh, man, that's awesome. There were many moments inside this episode that I could have chosen without question, instantaneously, for my S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier, but there was one that I could not possibly not make the S.H.I.E.L.D. dossier for this episode, and it is. When Deke leans into the doesn't quite speak English Russian chick, you know the the combat explosive woman, and in Russian says, "Don't perish, my metal rose of combat." <laughs> it's brilliant. It's so it's so stupid '80s that I, yeah. I, I I I I don't have the words, and it was so perfectly written and delivered by the guy that is Deke inside this episode. It. It's it's grand it's grand drama in the middle of this ridiculousness, and I I loved it I loved that I, I, again I don't speak Russian, but I would love to know if what he said is at least approximate to what's supposed to be there I'm assuming that it is because somebody would have had to tell him what it sounds like for him to say it right, uh, but I love that I love that that in the subtitles it literally says don't perish, my metal rose of combat, <laughs> it just. Off the chain, awesome, just super cool. That's where we ask you guys, what was your Shield dossier for this episode? Let us know what you think by going over to our website, that's Agents TV. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what your Shield dossier was for this episode. Ah, the rating for this episode of Agents of Shield on ABC and Hulu streaming. The scale works thusly: a ten is on top of the heap. Vanquishing killer robots with your custom-made shotgun axe. A 1 is on the bottom of the scale. Taking the stickers off your Rubik's Cube to solve it. Everything starts at 7 as an average. The numbers go up with positives. The numbers go down with negatives. And Nick? There are no halvesies. Nick, what do you got?
0: This episode was fun. Uh, It was also a departure from the seriousness that we've had for the last couple of episodes.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yet, there was still the undertone of seriousness here. Centered around Mac, of course. Because he's, he's still dealing with his parents dying. And I want to say that there was a great balance. But there wasn't. There wasn't a great balance because when you're, on, when you're focusing on Mac, sad Mac. Deke comes in, joke, 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 still sad Mac. Mm -hmm. But then once we start roping Mac into the goings on at the lighthouse, Mac is still super serious Mm -hmm. while everything else is still ridiculous. And it's not until Mac decides to join in that he then makes that transition into the ridiculousness because he then joins into the 80s-ness of everything. With the overdramatic handshake, yeah, if you'll if you'll have me, and the Rambo moment, right?
2: So something I, there must have been a piece of the notes that I I accidentally deleted or something because I also wanted that Rambo moment to be there's there's a there's a, a, ra- piece there's of a
0: Rambo Sylvester Stallone Arnold Schwarzenegger there's there's all of that because he is the muscle character yeah. So you get that because he does the, he does the whole putting the headband mm-hmm. on just like Rambo. The, the gloves, the it preparing gets, weapons, he, he, the straps, he, he all that. He slides into ridiculousness, and then the rest of the episode is ridiculous. Yeah. But ridiculous in a good way.
2: Yeah. R- ridiculous in, a, in an adventuresome babysitting way.
0: Yeah. Now, we've already had our, our, our 10 episode. Last, last episode was, was a 10, and that was chock full of, oh, my God. This was not chock full of, oh my God, it was chock full of, wow, isn't that cool? So, I can't give it top marks, but because it does have so much cool, and by the way, the Chopping Mall homage is just, it, I mean, it made my heart, my geek horror heart swell. So, I have to give this episode a nine.
2: Yeah, there's still so much to talk about inside this episode. I was just commenting to Nick that we've only just accidentally brushed an hour talking about this episode, and I so expected to be talking longer about it because it was so good. Uh, I also love that you're talking about the diversity of the flavor of the episode that we're getting, Mm -hmm. where the previous episodes have been very painterly, dramatic, deep thinker.
0: Sometimes even dire.
2: Yes, and this one is more of a can of silly string. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, it, it, it is. It, they're, they're, silly string to the face. Right. Even the even the completely blood soaked moments inside of this. It's like, oh yeah, well, as I squeeze the crazy string at, at Nick, and I love it. I I, I thought it was it was terribly appropriate. It was something completely different Again, speaking to the diversity of the writing staff to be able to take us in a completely different, but terribly satisfying direction. I also love that something else that we didn't really touch on, but there is a sandwich of drama that is here. I E Deke and Mac eventually go back to his uncle's house and they choose to go and give him the model. And then they start talking about, okay, well, you're going to be a bandmate friend of mine. And the, the, well, I'm going to be a sax man, of course.
0: Of course the big guy's got to be a sax man. Yeah. and We're going to have to get you a couple lessons so you can actually pull it off.
2: <laughs> and, and I really enjoyed that they bothered with that, too, because they didn't have to. They could have just had where he's looking at the model and he shoves it in the bag, he cinches up the hoops, <sighs> exhales, and they walk towards the building and then it's over. Yeah. And they didn't do that. They, they gave us something that was more appropriate and, again, leaning directly, directly into the 80s. How many movies have exactly that scene inside of an 80s film?
0: It's a but it's the buddy cop movie.
2: right. and as much as I don't want to give this the highest mark, I don't know how we don't give this the highest mark. How do we go from dire uh, parents murdered, all hope is lost to laughing about killer robots in the next episode and taking it in all not only in speed but in absolute satisfaction? So I give this episode a 10. With a box of tissues as well. Giant Chocolate Man got me. Got me again. That's where we ask you guys, what do you rate this episode? Season 7, Episode 7 of the final season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. The Totally Excellent Adventures of Mac and the D. Let us know what you think by going over to our website over at agentsofshield.tv. Fill out the quick web form and tell us what you think. Until next time, I'm Mike Wilkerson, one of your hosts.
0: And I'm Nicholas J. Hearn, your other host.
2: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.
1: We're thankful you were able to review this covert communication. Reviewing the most recent episode of Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., a chronicle of the stories and soon-to-be legends on ABC. Be sure to tune in to our ongoing top-secret communication with agents all over the globe via our Facebook presence immediately facebook.com forward slash shield podcast to be the first to be made aware of agents of shield news the arrival of our newest reviews and more the agents of shield podcast a super show for fans of superheroes uncover the mysteries critical information and reviews now by accessing agentsofshield.tv that's agentsofshield.tv this top secret two guys talking
0: communication you know, speaking of Olivia Newton John i've uh, i've been told stories by my mother that as a small child living in a city <laughs> I would sing that song. You're kidding me! At the top of my lungs Let's on hear it. our on our uh, off our balcony. Off the balcony. Off the balcony.
2: Well, I've got to hear a few bars. I
0: was I was evidently a big fan of Olivia Newton-John. Uh huh. Well, that was before my testicles dropped and. Oh. I can't I can't get up that high anymore, Mike. Well, could you
2: just give us a few bars of what you got now?
0: No. You've got the because voice. We're you got going, the, you've you got the. You want to get sued? Oh. I mean you you're already It'll be tap so dancing. Picture perfect. You're already <laughs> tap dancing on possibly getting sued with your rendition. My
2: rendition. We couldn't possibly load up Nick's voice for
0: this. No, we can't. <laughs> we can't do it twice.